0: What is up, podcast community? My name is Michael Chernow, and this is the Creatures of Habit podcast. (laughs) Habits are everything, and on this show, I will be interviewing some of the most inspiring, motivated, and high-performing humans on the planet, To learn about the daily habits, routines, and rituals that help keep them focused, determined on top of their game, and ultimately, happy. My journey from the depths of addiction and misery to success as a family man and serial entrepreneur was only made possible by replacing bad habits with great ones, and my mission in life today is to share that story and the story of others with you to bring value and life-changing tools to as many people as possible, so sit back, relax, and pay attention because what you hear in this podcast today can potentially change your life. Let's go.
1: So I, uh, I have previously interviewed you on Born or Made, uh, the last podcast I did. And on that podcast, you, you shared that you weren't much of a habit man because your life is kind of crazy all over the place. But I, I'm curious to know if that's changed at all. This podcast is obviously all about habits, trying to understand the habits of human beings that just crush it in life. And so this is a a purely value-add, 30-minute, bite-sized podcast where I get to meet people like you and ask about your habits.
2: I recall that interview. I actually want to go look back at it. I think if I didn't make myself clear, what is clear to me now is I still don't have the habits the way that I think our society pegs them. Like I do this at seven or I do this every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, but I have an incredible habit of gratitude. It's a very real thing. I don't categorize it as meditation. I don't categorize it as prayer. I don't even categorize it as spiritual, but I categorize it as this micro perspective moment. That is something I probably... I don't know if I wake up to it, but it is inconceivable for me to live a day of my life without talking to myself in the most specific way, the way we do, like, you know, like if I'm silent right now and what I said to myself, like in words, everybody you care about is healthy. You fucking won, forget everything else. Or it's just kind of there in the subconscious. I live a habitual life of gratitude. I really do. I have a, Perspective framework of empathy. I'm incredibly capable of dealing with negativity or judgment because I don't feel it's a reflection of me. I'm incredibly compassionate and empathetic to human beings. I feel like anything that's thrown at me that's negative is a reflection of that person being unhappy or struggling in that moment. And I deal with it with empathy, compassion, and my overall framework is gratitude. And I think. In a lot of ways, I feel like the most habitual person on earth.
1: Were you always that way or was that something you had to work on? Were you always able to not allow negative people to impact you and penetrate how you feel and carry their weight and be able to say, you know what? That person is probably going through some tough things right now. And I'm cool with that. And I'm, gonna, I'm not going to allow that negativity to impact my moment.
2: Ages five to 12, I would tell you that I cried a ton. I cried every time I lost in anything. I cried a lot when I saw other people picking on people. And I cried a lot when my uncles or relatives were inappropriate in society, like politically incorrect. Just a guy who felt everything. You know, all my intuition now, all my empathy now, such strengths, right? As a man and as an operator. Do you still cry? You know where I choke up a little bit? When I get awards and my parents are there, my entire speech is always basically the same because it's my perspective, which is I'm a byproduct of really great parents and circumstance. And it really worked out for me. And I'm very grateful. It keeps me incredibly grounded. I don't think a lot of what I've accomplished is me. I think it's a byproduct of them. And so I get into that place with crying, but I felt everything. I didn't know how to handle the intuition and the empathy, but I very much had a sense of pride, confidence. And I don't think I had compassion for people because it was just too, I was too young. But peer pressure or getting picked on in junior high or high school was met with indifference.
1: Gratitude is a massive part of my life. Gratitude is not something that I always had. And I know that just listening to you, knowing you, understanding the kind of person you are, and it's probably hard for a lot of people to actually see that because of how busy you are and how many things you have going on. But the amount of gratitude, would you say that you have today is greater than ever before in your life based on the things that you've put on the map?
2: Yeah, but I don't think it's because of the success. I think it's because of the maturity and wisdom that comes along with age. I always had it, so it's been easy. I think a lot of people get it in their 80s and 70s. You know, like I see that a lot. Like people that weren't inherently grateful start to just count their blessings of being alive, you know, as they see their friends die, their relatives die. So I think simplicity is a huge part of my life. I think a lot of people complicate things. I keep simplicity and gratitude, I think, are kind of cousins in some ways. And so I do feel that I am more grateful now, but I think it just comes out of, Living of like awareness.
1: One thing that I just I, I'll say, and I and I think something that I've learned from you, from knowing you, is that you have a real ability, not only in simplicity but in trust. Like I feel like you have the ability to see something and then making a decision and just fucking doing it.
2: And that comes out of lack of fear.
1: And I was just gonna say, I want to understand how you perceive fear and what place fear plays in your life.
2: Fear is fake. Fear is the biggest poison in our society. My life's mission is to attack it, downgrade it, demonize it, soften it, challenge it, and eliminate as much of it from the people I care about every single day of my life.
1: I never really hear you talk about fear. And I think that that is probably something that I am so passionate about as well, is this idea that fear is the ultimate brick wall for 99.99999% of the population And then there's a very, very, very small part that's able to walk through it because on the other side of it is absolute fucking freedom.
2: I think what's interesting about the way I talk about fear is I take it to the next chess move, which is almost everyone's fear is predicated on needing outside validation. Most people fear because they don't want to fail in front of people. I don't give a fuck about the stands when I'm on the field. The fans in the stands are incredibly important and wonderful they're just not the people on the field. And whether they're booing for you or cheering for you, if you're incapable of tuning them out, you will either become way too high on your own supply. If they cheer too loud, you're going to lose your humility if you believe it. And if they boo too much, you're going to become a shell of yourself and be fearful. And so I just have two index fingers in my ears 24-7, which allows me, to do so much. The reason I'm so out and about on everyone's social feeds is I'm capable with dealing with the ramifications, which is people taking things out of context, people headline reading, people going on first glance and disliking you, underestimating you, judging you. It's very hard for most people.
1: Something that was glaring to me when I was 23 years old, I moved to Los Angeles to sort of gun after this like acting thing I wanted to do. I took an improv class and I was fucking terrified, man. I was sitting in this class with like 30 other people, all very good looking people, and I was terrified to get up there and just like open up. And uh, the teacher took me aside at the end of the first day because she saw that I was nervous and she was like, Don't you think everybody else in this class feels the same fucking way? And I was like, wait a second, that just opened up a door for me in this idea that everybody else feels the same fucking way.
2: There's not a single person on earth that isn't worse at something than you are. You know, like no matter what somebody says, you can counter it with, yeah, okay, that's wonderful. You make more money than me, but I'm much kinder to my dog than you are to yours. That's a logical sentence that I think has validity in our society. I cook better than you. My siblings... Have a better relationship with me than yours do with yours. And you can play them all out. And whether one weighs one thing better than another, you know, everybody gets to pick what they think is a good attribute, right? Loyalty is more important than kindness. Somebody said to me the other day and said, not for me, but I love you for that. Like, cool. Like, you do you. Like, if that's your framework on life, uh, I think loyalty is an incredibly beautiful uh, attribute. I also think that people, use loyalty a lot as a disguise to do bad behavior like there's a million things that one can chat about people fake kindness to get what they want that's manipulation that's not kindness you can be loyal and still do things that are not awesome like i just wish people understood that Nate who was my intern for a long time then my admin and then my partner in empathy wines he's like a little brother to me and we played tennis a lot at one point and i would beat him every time and Twice he was up five two or five one. I think five two, five two. I beat him both times, and I would razz him about it because those are devastating losses. And finally, I said to him, "I said, hey, next time I razz you, I want you to look me dead in the face and ask me what my handicap is in golf because he's remarkable. He's a scratch golfer, and I can't golf at all. I don't golf. And then he started doing it, and it made me like really happy. And I, I think that's the example that I want everybody who's listening right now. Like everybody else sucks at something too."
1: I want to know your morning routine. I
2: wake up, I immediately look at my phone. You know, I know a lot of my friends actually have done real cool stuff, like no first 30 minute. I love all that stuff that's emerging, but I look at mine. It actually makes me feel a lot better
1: because I have to address
2: something where I don't.
1: Do you wake up at a specific time or you just wake up whenever?
2: I mean, it completely varies, right? Like some days I have to wake up at 6.30 in the morning. Some days I can sleep in and my body will naturally wake up at 8.15. One thing that I challenged myself five or six or seven or eight years ago is, oh, wait a minute when I talk about work ethic, people think I'm not sleeping. So I started really over-educating my community. I'm like, my sleep about six, seven, eight, nine, 10. Those are real numbers. To me, it's not about how little or how much. It's about you know, what you accomplish when you're trying to accomplish what you're trying to accomplish. You could get a lot done. I mean, I've, I have an hour in every day that's more productive than a lot of people's 12. I mean, that's just the way it truly is. And vice versa. I've had days where my 10 aren't as productive as the next person's 45 minutes. So My whole life is kind of like that. I don't have anything super set. I do work out every day with Mike Vacanti, my trainer. Like that is a part of my routine, but I've started doing later in the day. I used to do it right when I woke up. And one of the great things of COVID is, and I knew this and we had started actually doing more afternoon exercises, but I'm a momentum guy. So like the idea of a workout at six or seven or 5 p.m. or eight would break up my day. Like I don't even eat breakfast or lunch, right? Which is why I'm so excited about what we're doing. I'm like, oh man, this might be my my thing to like now start eating breakfast. But I'm I'm so momentum oriented that a workout of six or seven like would I was like, oh, I can't go back to work now. Like it's a transition. Like the work was the framework for me since I was 14 years old. It's before and after that. And so I wake up, I grab my phone, make sure everything's okay, then literally start my day, poop, shower, like like. Starbite, like go right into it like I'm I, I don't have anything I don't meditate I don't write I don't have you ever
1: done any of that stuff
2: No I'm 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 incredibly at peace so like I'm incredibly not motivated slash thoughtful of like why mess with a good thing You know we talk a lot about privilege we talk about white privilege American privilege wealth privilege starting to have conversations about beauty privilege in our society I actually think one day we're gonna get into really Complex, thoughtful conversations of like mental health privilege. Forget about everything that you see of who I am professionally and things of that nature now from seven, 14, 21, 28 years old. My greatest privilege always was lack of anxiety, just complete peace. I've never explored the things that I see a lot of people explore because I haven't been searching for something to trigger that calmness. It's stunning. In the chaos outwardly that I am as a communicator and energy-wise, the juxtaposition of the contradiction of what's actually going on inside of me, and I think a lot about that. And I and I think even me bringing this up in the podcast, which I haven't talked a lot about, is like I've got to really start communicating this because it's just important as a context point. I think one of the responsibilities you have when you have eyes on you whether that's two children and you're a parent at home, whether that's 14 people or 30 people in an improv class. I love what she did for you there at the end of the class. Or if you're in a place like I'm at my career now where there's a lot of eyeballs on me because of my channels and my content. And like I think it's important to try to dig within yourself and try to create as much context for others. I couldn't imagine anybody who watches me to make the assumption that there's such calmness inside like it's so simple like I texted Brandon today who runs my dad's wine business this is the biggest week of the year here we are this is it it starts right now for our store there are a lot of people getting COVID in the store and we are not Target or Amazon if it gets a little hairier here in the next 24 48 hours like are we gonna close the store and I just said that I said like it was just crazy the communication I just had four hours ago I'm like it is what it is like it's okay Let's make sure everybody's healthy in a store. we got all the tests. We're doing all the right things, first and foremost. It's just, at the end of the day, it's just money. There's no chance professionally to make back this week. We're not going to hit numbers. Like, that's, that's going to be it. Like And by the way, there's ramifications of that. Like, Wine Library is not, you know, Amazon, right? So, like, there are people that might be let go in Q1 because of it. There's a bonus that won't happen to somebody who really earned it. Like, it's it, you get scared about things like that. You can't, especially when you care. But at the end of the day, it's just money, I'm kind of like so in love with being an entrepreneur. I'd be okay being not a good one. Like it's my art. Does that make sense? I don't have validation in my success. Even since we've met, you know this, a lot's happened with me and it's just like, there's nothing different going on.
1: The mentality of an entrepreneur is ultimate hunter, ultimate discovery junkie, like lives for the uncertainty. There are people in upstate New York that hunt the whole entire hunting season. They can't fucking wait to get out into the woods and like just sit there in the freezing cold and just wait for the deer. And nine out of 10 times, nothing comes, but they love it.
2: It's the thrill of the hunt. It's why I love garage sales. I think every time I pull up, it's the reason I think that when I know this is a big connection point for you and I early on in our relationship, I believe when I roll up to a garage sale that this is going to be the time I find a 1925, you know, Superman that when you told me that story of that house and what was it like, I still. The fact that I can recall that story to you right now in, in an instant, I still think about what was in that house.
1: Oh, you have no idea. Somebody did buy that property though, and they're, they're handling business. Um, All right. Uh, one habit that you had to break or felt like you had to break, how you broke it and how it changed your life.
2: At 38 and a half years old, talking like a 10-year-old, at 38 and a half years old, I put my head on the window on a Delta flight. I remember it was Delta for some reason. I, I fly them all and said, this is a mistake. I'm not going to win with my health and wellness package. When I finally weighed myself and started this program with Mike Vacanti and then I had Jordan and then back to Mike, I was 188, not a muscle in my body. I'm boarded first class, just to give you the whole picture. So people are, you know, I'm in the plane right away. It's long, damn tired. I always say that I'm a smoke to fire guy. Like before I do anything, it's running in my head for a little while. It's a little smoke and I'm selling myself. So it was in the era that I started realizing, I feel like I probably gained like a five to 10 pound of fat in like a 12 month period where I just knew like, okay, this is starting to like, my metabolism isn't what it used to be. I used to get away with everything. Like I have not a good habit when it comes to eating well and exercising. And I just, I was like, all right, this is different. Like I'm going to lose, like I'm going to, I'm going to be sick. I'm going to have less life years. Like this is bad. And so I decided on my 40th birthday that I would get my shit together. This is where my psyche was. I have this big talk with myself and I decide, okay, when I'm 40, on my 40th birthday, I'm going to get at it. By the time this two or three hour flight flew, I convinced myself that I would start at 39. And by the time I landed, I decided I was going to start right away. I had the breakthrough. I realized what was going to work. If I was accountable to somebody else, I would crush because I wasn't accountable to myself. I'm a great leader and business like CEO because I really genuinely think I work for everybody else. That was the biggest habit. I had to create a habit to fix what I knew was a massive vulnerability.
1: Because you obviously have an enormous ability to make a decision and stick to it. And then also, when you feel like shit's not going the way it should be going, you also have the ability to just say, fuck it and pull the plug. Do you use that accountability thing in other areas? Or was this like a very specific thing? Because obviously, this is a time of year where people are trying to do what you did on that plane right now. I say commit to one great thing every morning. Commit to one great thing, ideally, that has a relation to food. Our relationship to food is so intimate.
0: This podcast is brought to you by, you guessed it, Creatures of Habit. Creatures of Habit is a lifestyle and wellness brand rooted in functional nutrition. The protagonist is a superhuman, incredibly delicious, instant and overnight oatmeal blend developed to feed your body the most optimized blend of vitamins, minerals, and macros. With premium oats, 30 grams of plant-based protein, omega-3 fatty acids, vitamin D3, a probiotic and digestive enzymes in each pouch, you will never have to think about what to eat for breakfast, pre-workout, or post-workout meal, or a healthy meal any time of the day in a pinch. Made four simple and convenient ways. One, just add hot water. Two, overnight in the fridge. Three, add to a delicious smoothie or simply put in the microwave. Take the stress out of worrying about what to eat for a healthy and delicious way to kickstart your day. And if you fast, this is the perfect meal one as it delivers wellness, satiety, and delicious flavors. Pop over to CreaturesOfHabit.com. That's CreaturesOfHabit.com with a K, CreaturesOfHabit.com, and put in promo code K-O-H-P-O-D-20 for 20% off your first order.
1: Um, Last question, dude, and this is a big one what's it all for? Why are you such a, an, an animal when it comes to business and your passion for your family and all of it? Like, what do you think it's all about?
2: Because my mom and dad put it in me. You know, that's why. And and then what, when you first asked them my initial thought was, why not? We got one at bat. 400 trillion to one is the current scientific odds of becoming a human being. Like, why not try to enjoy it? Like, you can be cynical and complain and look for negativity your whole life and then just go into the ground and call it a day. And then what, what did you accomplish? It's more like, why not? But I think why did it happen is because the circumstances of being born in the Soviet Union, having an insanely all time mother, having a work ethic kind of commendable, honorable dad, 1980s New Jersey is a big fucking factor for me. I know New York is for you. Like just that East Coast thing is an East Coast thing. It just is.
1: Gary, I appreciate you, brother.
0: I appreciate everything
1: about you, man. Love you very much. And um, I'll speak to you soon, my bro.
0: Thanks for having me. And there you have it, folks. I hope we delivered some valuable content for you to implement into your life on a daily basis. Please remember that our habits have the power to make us or break us. Replacing bad habits with great ones is the answer to living a life of happiness, optimism, and high performance. We are capable of achieving anything. We all have what it takes to give it all we've got. Commit to one great habit each day and truly commit and watch how everything in your life starts evolving from good to great. If you enjoyed this podcast, please follow us wherever you listen to your podcast. Give us a five-star rating and a nice review that will help us grow this podcast, bring on more amazing guests, and continue to deliver invaluable content on a weekly basis. Lastly, please share this podcast with any friends or family that you think might appreciate it. And always remember, want plus do equals have. Until the next one, fam. Peace.